Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. All right, all right. Merry Christmas. Hey, I want to ask you for a favor. Uh, if you are at the end of the aisles and there's space in the middle, I want to invite you to scoot in over slowly. We got some people that are still trying to find some seats. We want them to be able to have a seat. So if there's some uh, chairs uh, at the far end of your aisle, if you could just scoot in so that those that um, still need a chair can find a chair. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Day Spring. Merry Christmas. Hey, you know, I, I got to tell you, can, can I just confess something to you before, before I, I, I start with my notes? Um, I, was, I was a bit concerned. I was like, man, it's Christmas. We got a bunch of Hispanic people that party till two in the morning. Nobody's going to show up to church. It's going to be it's going to be the pillar pastors and the worship team. But but you know what? I am so glad that you are here. Can I just say that? I am so glad that you made the effort to, to come to the Lord's house, to celebrate him, to worship him. You did a, you made a great decision. And I want you to know that that honors God and that it is the right thing to do. Amen. If we have anybody visiting us, I want to welcome you. I am so glad that you would join us on this special day. We want you to feel at home. My name is Nestor Flores, and I'm the pastor of this wonderful church family. It's a little crazy, but it's a wonderful church family that we call Dayspring. We want you to feel at home. We want you to know that you're in a safe place, especially if you're not a church person. You're like, you know, they're going to make me do some stuff, eat some stuff, give some. No, we're not going to make you do any of that. We are so confident that God's presence is going to touch you and that you are going to feel something that you've never felt before. For. And we want to encourage you to come back. We want to encourage you to connect and uh, you'll find a loving home in this place. Isn't that right, church? Yeah. Amen. Hey, when you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin that looks like this. If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring one to you. Uh, inside of it is an outline that you can use to follow along with me. If you don't have a pencil, there might be some in front of you. We got a couple of Christians that like to take pencils home. So that's why some of the chairs don't have any. But, but you might be in the good areas of the church where they don't steal and you'll find a pencil in there. I'm joking, right? Uh, but inside of it, there's an outline that you can pull out to... Um, to follow along with me. How many of you guys had a great time last night? Man, you partied so hard, you can't even woo anymore. You know, my family, we always go to sleep at one, two in the morning. Last night, it was 11 o'clock and I was already snoozing. I, I, I was done. We had a great time. We actually started early and uh, we, we, we had a great time and I hope you did too. And I hope that you continue to celebrate today. Uh, we're going to continue to celebrate at home today. And uh, that is my desire. You know, um, as we think about Christmas, we've been asking this question. This is kind of the question that we've uh, wanted to answer this Christmas. And that is, 
what should be the proper respond to Christmas? When we think about the Christmas story, when we think about Christmas, what should be our response? Should it be gratitude? Should it be thankfulness? Should it be awe? Should it be that we're marbled? And, uh, you know, I believe all those things are really good responses. But without a doubt, the best and most proper response to the story of Christmas is adoration. It's worship. And we've been looking at the Christmas story that we find in the Bible. And, and, and we've noticed how every single person, when they experienced the Christmas story, or when they heard about the Christmas story, they always responded with worship. They worshiped. They worshiped that God was coming to earth. And in the past few weeks, we've looked at different characters and we've seen how they worship God in their unique way. Because worship is not just what the amazing people that were up here just did. That is but a fraction of what worship to God ought to be. We saw how John the Baptist, who, who may not be one of those characters that we think about in the Christmas story, right? Because after all, when was the last time you saw John the Baptist on a nativity scene? When was the last time you heard a Christmas carol about John the Baptist? But yet we know that he prepared the way for Jesus. That not only did he precede Jesus's ministry, but that John the Baptist preceded Jesus's birth. And John worshiped by pointing people to Jesus. We also looked at the wise man and uh, Zachariah and they each worship in their unique way. What I want to do today is I want to look at the one character outside of Jesus and Mary that I believe get the most attention when it comes to the Christmas story. Can you guess who those are? The shepherds. You see the shepherds in just about every Christmas story. And here's the cool thing about the shepherds. We're going to learn from them how to worship God. And I think you're going to like this one. I definitely do. Because from the shepherds, we learned that we worship when we receive God's gift. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I love gifts. I woke up this morning and I went and I looked at my driveway just in case. Just in case. I, I didn't see anything. And I'm still looking for who, who are these people that buy cars without their spouse's consent and just bring them in the drive. Where do you find a bow that big, right? But anyways, I woke up this morning and, and I peeked outside my driveway and even went to the garage and there was no gifts there. But I know there's some gifts. I love gifts. And, and I think sometimes, sometimes we, we are kind of made to feel guilty for, for, for putting too much emphasis on receiving gifts. Well, I want to take some of that guilt away this morning and tell you that one of the ways that we can worship God is by receiving and celebrating the gift, the greatest gift and the gifts that come along with that. I'm a gift person. I love gifts. That's why I said, hey, we got to decorate with a bunch of gifts. We got to give every kid. And, and let me tell you, if this is your first time and, and you got some little ones, we don't want you to feel shy. We thought of you in advance and we, we didn't know you by name, but we bought enough gifts for every kid. Okay. So, so we don't want anybody to think, no, no, you know, it's my first time. I'm not going to walk out with gifts. No, we want you to walk out with gifts because as you do, you're going to learn today that that is one of the ways that you can worship God at Christmas. Amen? 
And we're going to talk about receiving, how to receive, not just the greatest gift, but receiving the greatest gift. I want you to do something with me. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? It's found in your outline. You know, I was thinking today we stand for the Star Spangled Banner. We stand to honor the flag. We stand to honor uh, people of prestige. Why not stand to read the word of God? Amen. It's right there in your outlines. You can follow along with me. Look at what the story of the shepherd says it's found in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 10 if the letters are too small don't worry they'll put them up here as well and Luke tells us it says and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were what terrified have you noticed that 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 at the Christmas story people didn't just worship, but they were also scared. In fact, if you pay attention, they were first scared and then they worshiped. So if you got a little bit of fear tonight, God can turn that into worship. Amen. Verse 10 says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for who? For all people, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is what? The Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear, to appear with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. In other words, they evangelized. They, 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 they were the first missionaries, right? The evangelists. Verse 18. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and what? Praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Would you take a seat with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we are so glad. We are so glad for your son, Jesus. Lord, under no conditions, for no person in this world would I ever offer up my son, Nathan. But you did. You gave your one and only perfect son, not just for anybody, but you did it for people who were in sin, people who were in rebellion, people who denied you. And you did all this good for us while we were blind and didn't know we needed so today, Lord, we celebrate. It's a celebration, not just of the birth of your son, but also it is the greatest expression of love, Lord. So I pray that your word would really resonate in our hearts. And while it is a, a topic that definitely is not the first time we, we hear about, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be moving in this place. And that the words would become more than words, that they would become reality because that's what your word is. Transform us, speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. If somebody were to ask you, what is the best thing about Christmas? And you could take your religious hat off for a minute. What would you say? What would you say is, the, is your favorite part about Christmas? Is it the tamales? For some of you ladies, might be the shopping. Is it, is it the getting together as a family? You know, I believe that one of the best things about Christmas is the gifts. Anybody else agree with me? I really believe. I mean, come on. Why do you, why is it that we as Hispanics cannot wait till the 25th and we have to do it on the 24th at midnight? If gifts don't matter that much, why can't we just wait a couple of hours and do it when you should do it? Because gifts are awesome. Because they bring so much joy and, and the mystery and the wonder that they really get me what I wanted. Is it the right size? Is it the right color? Right? I love gifts. I, I, I really, how many of you guys got good gifts last night? Anybody? Okay, so, so if your loved one is next to you, they're giving you a clue, right? Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. The reason we give gifts at Christmas, it's not because the wise men give gifts to Jesus. A lot of people think that that's the reason we do. That the tradition of giving gifts comes from the wise men because they brought gifts to baby Jesus. No. The reason we give gifts at Christmas is because the greatest gift was given not by any human being, but by God himself. The greatest gift that was ever been given is not myrrh or incense or anything else. It's a person in his name is Jesus. See, that's, why I, that's what I love about the story of the shepherds. Because their story not just tells us about the greatest gift ever given, but most importantly tells us how to receive, how to make that gift yours. Because as good as a gift may be, it's almost useless, it's almost insignificant if you don't make it your own, if it doesn't become your own gift. Can I tell you something crazy that happened this week? Somebody came and dropped off and they wanted to remain anonymous. And they said, Pastor, it's in my heart to bless somebody and you get to choose whoever you want to give it to. And they brought me an envelope with a card that says this. It says, congratulations. You just got an all, expense paid, an all expenses paid trip to Cancun. Okay, I got some people excited. Let me tell you what it includes. It includes hotel, flight, food, sun, and fun. No alcohol. <laughs> Pack your bags and enjoy the trip. How many of you would want to get this gift? Right? I saw some of you getting ready. I wonder if he's just going to say, come get it. You are getting ready to come. Right? This is a great gift. Right? But some of you are like, nah, I don't think it's true. And yet even some of you are like, even if it's true, what are the chances that I'll get it? Well, let me tell you something. What if, what, if, what if it was for you? How much different would you feel after this service? 
You'd probably, you, you probably wouldn't wait till the service is done before you start bragging about it on social media, right? You'd be like, hey, I got, the, I got a really cool gift for Christmas. I'm going to Cancun for seven days. Let me tell you, that's a great gift. That is a great gift. But there's even one that's better. And, and, and that truly is Jesus. Because at the end of the seven days, you come back to reality. At the end of seven days, you know that's not where you're going to stay forever. Right? But, but the gift that Jesus is, it's not just a great gift, but here's the best part. It's an eternal gift. It's a gift that really keeps getting better and better over time. I'm sure you've gotten great gifts, or at least I hope you have. But I know this about great gifts. They can only go downhill from there on, right? Shoes get old, cars wear out, purses rip, or they get stolen. But the greatest gift of all, who is Jesus, doesn't. And let me tell you today, I really hope, I really hope you get some good gifts. And who knows, maybe somebody will get this trip, right? But the greatest gift that you ought to have this Christmas is Jesus. And I'm not asking you about the story. Do you believe there was a Jesus? Do you know the story of Jesus? No, I'm talking, have you made it your own? Could you really say, hey, listen, I got some really cool stuff, but the greatest thing that I got is Jesus. Can I tell you something? Most of you guys know that our, our big hope for this Christmas was that my dad would be back with us, right? In fact, he was going to sing a special today. That was the plan. That was our plan. That's not the way things worked out. And uh, my dad and all of our family, we've been kind of bummed out. And uh, the other day, my dad and I uh, had a conversation. And I'll let you into it a little bit. And here's what we were talking. We were talking about how upset we were at the lawyer, how angry we were at immigration, how confused we were at uh, the circumstances. But, but, then, but then we said this. We can't give up on our faith in Jesus. Because if we do, then, then what do we have left? Can I tell you something? I'd rather live separated for the rest of my life on this earth and know that I'll spend eternity with my father than to have him in this life and lose him in eternity. And that's the difference that Jesus makes. Is that he gives you strength and hope and, and direction when things don't go well. And it gives you a great foundation when things are going well. So how do you receive this great gift that Jesus is? Well, let's look at the shepherd's story and let's look at three things that they teach us about receiving the greatest gift that is Jesus. You can fill this out in your outline. Number one, to receive the greatest gift, the first thing you got to do is you got to believe the message of God. If you are going to make the greatest gift yours, you got to believe the message of God. Look at what verse 10 in Luke 2 says. It says, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. On December 24, in 1906, sailors out at sea experienced something that they had never experienced before. For the very first time on Christmas Eve in the year 1906, out of a little box, they heard another human voice. 
for the very first time on Christmas Eve in 1906, the radio transmitted a voice and not just Morse code. You know what the radio said the very first, you know what were the first words ever uttered in a radio? The words of the angels to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those who misfavor rest. Those sailors for the very first time heard a voice. And it, and it got me thinking about the shepherds. Because here's these individuals that are minding their own business when suddenly God wants to give them a message. And you want to know what? That same message that he gave to the shepherds is the same message that he has for you. That there is great news of great joy. That he's got a plan. That, that he has not forgotten you. That he has not forsaken you. That he is not too busy to think of you. But that he has you not just in his mind, but in his heart. But see, all that means nothing until you believe it. Because if you don't believe the words, the message of God, that he sent Jesus for you, then, then, then the, the greatest gift means nothing and it has no impact in your life. See, what I love about the shepherds is that not only did they hear the message, but they believed it. Pastor, how do you know they believed it? Well, look at what verse 15 and 16 says right there in your outlines. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go what? To Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. This may not be the first time you hear about Jesus. And the, uh, once again, the question at, at hand is not, have you heard about Jesus? But do you believe the message of Jesus? Do you believe that he's God's son sent for you? See, don't let another Christmas Go by without Jesus in your life. Don't let another Christmas, don't let another year go by without Jesus being at the center of your life. Some of you in here, you have already believed that message. And Jesus is the Lord of your life. Well, I want to encourage you to hold on to your faith. I want to encourage you to hold on to that belief because the enemy will bring hardships. The enemy will bring trials. The enemy will bring needs. The enemy will cause all kinds of things to get you to stop believing the message of God. But look, look at what Proverbs 30 verse 5 says. It says, everything God says is what? It's true. And it is a shield for all who what? Who come to him. God's message can't be trusted. God's message can't be believed because he doesn't lie. So if you want to receive, if you want to make this great gift yours, the first thing you got to do is you got to believe what God has said. But the second thing you got to do, which is very important, and you can fill this out in your outline, is you got to believe this gift meets your deepest needs is you got to believe this gift, Jesus, meets your deepest needs. You know, there's two types of gifts that, you're gonna, that you typically get. Did you know that? Gifts that meet your wants and gifts that meet your needs. Now, there's a couple of you, and I'm very sorry for you, 
that the kind of gift you got what was is what was on sale or what was available because they waited last minute to get your gift right but most gifts either meet a want or meet a need if we're honest at christmas most of us give gifts that meet wants because we are so blessed that all of our needs have already been met and the best gifts i mean think about those gifts that have shocked you think about those gifts that you can't forget about the best gifts meet our needs the greater the need the greater the gift becomes and this is why jesus is the greatest gift because he meets the greatest need that you and i have And your greatest need is not a car. Your greatest need is not a bigger house. Your greatest need is not a 15th purse. Your greatest need is not anything material. Your greatest need is Jesus. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. When you read the Bible, Jesus is called so many different things. Healer, savior, provider, uh guide, comforter, helper, defender. Jesus is called so many things. But you know what Jesus's number one title is? Savior. Because that is your greatest need and that is my greatest need. If God knew that we our greatest need was financial, he would have sent a consultant. If Jesus knew that our greatest need was was in our health, he would have sent the doctor. But he sent a savior. Because our greatest need is sin. Look look at what verse 10 says. It says today in the town of David a what? A savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Look at what Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. I mean, can you believe what Jesus said? Oh yes, you can. There are so many prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and many, many years before Jesus was even born. Details about how he would be born, where he would be born, by how he would be born were, were given. And one of the things that Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. Look at what he says in Isaiah 9:4. Look at what he said. He said speaking about Jesus he said for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from what from their shoulders your greatest need is not your rent your greatest need is not your kids your greatest struggle is not financial your greatest struggle is not emotional and i'm not belittling those things i'm not saying that they don't matter i'm just saying they are not your greatest need because nothing enslaves you and nothing weighs you down like sin you can pay your rent but how do you deal with sin your kids can change but how do you deal with sin You 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 can go to a therapist and get some 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 help but how do you deal with your sin? See nothing destroys your life like sin. Nothing robs you of joy, peace and goodness like sin. Nothing hinders relationships like sin. I mean I, you can have fights over rent. You can have fights over preferences, but nothing destroys our lives like sin. And you know what the worst part is? Here's the worst part. 
You and I were powerless to do anything about sin. Can I prove that to you? How many times have you said, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change this year, new year, new me. Well, what happened? You didn't just not change. You got worse. Some of you, we need the 2020 version or the 2019 version. We're powerless. How many times have you promised a loved one that you were going to be different, that you were going to do things differently? And you end up doing the same. How many times have you wished you would react, that you would make choices, that you would live differently? But you end up what? Doing the same. Why? Because sin has us enslaved. Because sin has a yoke upon us that we can't break. But the good news is that on Christmas Day, the Savior of your life and my life was born. Look at this. The angels did not only just clearly announce it and say to the shepherds, a Savior is born today. But, but I love the story of Christmas because it's so wrapped in meaning. Did you know that these shepherds were no ordinary shepherds? These shepherds were not the typical shepherds that would raise sheep and sell it and, and shave their wool and, and make money out of that. No, no. The shepherds that the angels appear to, listen to this, these shepherds raised sheep that were used in the temple for sacrifices. These sheep were not going to be sold to make money with their wool. They were going to be sacrificed, sacrificed so that people could go to the temple and have their sins, not forgiven, covered. And it is to these shepherds who knew very well that these sheep would take the place of a sin that the angels appeared and said, hey, hey, let me tell you about the one that not only covers sin, but the one that can erase the sin from your life. See, to receive this gift, you have to believe that Jesus meets your greatest needs. When Jesus is first, everything else falls into place. There is no sin. There's some of you in this place who can't enjoy Christmas because you're weighed down by your sin. You're weighed down by your mistakes. And I want to tell you that there's no sin, no sin that you've ever committed that God can't forgive. There is no burden that you are carrying that God can't handle. If you would just receive him today, he will not only forgive you, but he'll change your life. Jesus changes your life for good. He makes you a new person. He makes you a new person with a new purpose, a new heart, with new power, with new destiny, because he is the savior of the world. Third, last but not least, to receive the greatest gift, you got to believe this gift is for you. You got to believe this gift is for you. Not only do you got to believe the message of God, not only do you got to believe it meets your greatest need, but most importantly, you got to believe it is for you. Can I, can I confess something else to you? I don't ever like to play raffles or giveaways or, or anything like that because I never win anything. Never. Seriously. I wouldn't say I got bad luck because I don't believe in luck. I just never win anything. And my mom always wins something. 
And because I never win anything, I don't ever play. Like when people say, hey, we're doing a raffle, this and that. Like I'll buy tickets to help, but I don't buy tickets because I'm hoping to win. I'm not going to win. I know that that's not the way God has blessed me. I, I just, you know, I'm not that blessed, right? So, so I never expect giveaways or raffles to be for me. Because that's just kind of been my experience that like everybody around me wins, but me. Yesterday night, I played a prank on my brother. We did a little gift exchange and we weren't supposed to tell who we got, right? But from the very beginning, I started joking with him and telling him, hey dude, I need to know what you want because I need to buy your gift, you know? And he's like, oh dude, why would you do that? You didn't give me that. And I kind of found out that he wanted a PlayStation 5. You know, and I kept, I kept playing around with him and I was like, I'm going to get it for you. I'm going to get it for you. And he didn't believe me. He was in denial. You know, I really think he, he, he wished and hoped that I really did get him and that that was going to be it. But he was in denial. He was denying it all along. And when we got to the time of making our gifts, I said, I want to go first. I want to go first. Right. So, so I gave him a little speech. I gave him a little speech. And then I, I, I brought out a PlayStation 5 box. You should have seen his eyes. I think the only other time I saw a happier face was when he was getting married. Right? And uh, he was in denial. He was like uh, wanting to get it, but not wanting to get it, right? Kind of like, I don't want it, but I'm going to walk that way. When I finally gave it to him, the first thing he says is, there's nothing in this box. But you know what he did? He still opened it. Because I got to believe that he, that he was hoping that there was something inside. But you know, we did it because we, we joke around and stuff. But, but maybe that's the way you feel about Christmas. Maybe that's the way you feel about life. Where you say, you know, I've been duped. I've been tricked. I've been lied to so many times that there surely isn't anything good for me. Well, I want to tell you there is that the greatest gift that's ever been given was given with you in mind. And God doesn't joke. God doesn't do people. God doesn't lie. He gives and he gives generously. Look at what Luke 2 verses 10 and 11 says. Look at this. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to who? To you. Do you know why the angels appeared to the shepherds? The shepherds were the lowest of the lows. The shepherds were the ones that would get ostracized and forgotten and rejected. The shepherds were the ones who couldn't go into the temple to worship. And it was to them that the angels appeared. And he said, hey, a Savior is born unto you. Did you know that it was the shepherds who first got to see Jesus for the first time? They got the greatest gift. The ones that society and religion and government had forgotten, God said, I, I, I don't forget. And the greatest gift, I'm not going to give it to the highest. I'm going to give it to everybody. And the angel said, Savior is born unto you. And it is news of great joy for all. I believe, I believe 
that you and I were included in the words all. Over 40 times in the New Testament, over 40 times in the New Testament, Jesus is called a gift for you. Over 40 times, he is referred as a gift for you and for me. He's not just for the pastors. He's not just for for certain people. He's, he's, He's God's gift for you. In fact, I believe this is the most popular verse. Look at what John 3.16 says. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that what? Everyone. Who's everyone? Everyone. I would even dare to say that everyone is anyone, including you, including me. He says, So that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Who's everyone? Anyone. Anyone who believes. Anyone who believes his message. Anyone who believes that Jesus meets their greatest need, which is sin. Anyone who believes that the greatest gift is for them. So how about it? Do you believe? Do you believe? You know, this whole Christmas time, I tell people I'm really enjoying the stage where my kids are, especially Nathan. That guy is so bright and smarter than he should be at times. And as any parent, right, might not be the best parenting advice, but I think we've all kind of done this if you're a parent around Christmas time. When they're not behaving, what do you tell them? I'm not going to buy you any gifts. You keep acting like that, I'm going to sell your gifts. Right? So I told Nathan that a couple of times. I told him, I go, dude, I call him dude. Forgive me, okay? I call him dude. I go, I go, dude, if you don't stop it, I'm not buying you any gifts. Because we had them give us a list. You know what he told me a couple of times? That little mocoso? He said to me, fine, I'll buy my own gifts. He got a little bit of money for his birthday in, in November. So now he thinks he could, right? We'll go to Costco and it's like, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to buy mommy that. Here's the funny thing. That sounds cute and all, right? I think sometimes we have that attitude with God. And we say, God, I'll buy my own gifts. I'll choose my own way. I'll make my own choices. I'll heal my own wounds. I'll deal with my own sin." try but let me tell you something why would you when you have a generous God whose riches and generosity and love cannot be matched by all of ours put together so what I'm trying to tell you don't be like Nathan believe the message believe that it meets your deepest need your greatest need believe that it is for you. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. 
I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.